0: Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Saadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello. All right. So today's topic, we'll be talking about the first time ever getting laid off of a job. Um, I'll just explain just my story. It's nothing crazy. It was just that um, I work in the architectural industry and it was a money issue that they were, this, this company was hemorrhaging a lot of money and they had to let me go and the one thing i kind of took from it was i want to be i want to be so good at my job they won't have to let me go but i mean it's life you're going to be let go um yeah my, my-
1: I, I think the day quite honestly the day uh when i was growing up in the, the 50s and 60s the idea was you you graduated or you got your training and you worked at the same company for 35 years and then you retired I think those days are gone forever. They are. Um, Yeah. You see, I see a lot of people, uh, switching careers. I see a lot of people going from job to job. I mean, industries, especially now in the, uh, information age, technological age, new avenues are opening up all the time and new avenues are always closing. So it's, you know, it's, things are in constant flux.
0: Well, well, everything goes faster now. Everything goes way faster because of the internet and because of, I guess, the, I guess, the, the constant connection, constant flow of information. What, what is brand new and amazing yesterday is old news today. And that's not even an exaggeration of like day and day, but like it changes day by day by day. I'd be very curious to know what, um, Joseph, Joseph my, my little brother, he's a financial analyst, would say when it comes to looking at the stock market, and things like that, how quickly things change and how you've got to really be on the ball. There's no, there's no slow, take your time process it, that just doesn't exist nowadays in the city.
1: That's but. true. So anyway, but so let's go on to, we're talking about our job experience experiences with particular attention to being laid off of jobs
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so i've been laid off let's put it this way every time i've been fired i've been very tempted to say to them that's okay i've been fired from better jobs than this so <laughs> there's um there was well before i really got into the work world when i was i think um i think i was in like uh, my first year of college i wa- i wanted to be a, I saw an ad for some uh, family that wanted a private math tutor to tutor their son. So I took the job. And after about a month of tutoring him, they called me and said, guess what? The past three math tests, he got A's. He got hundreds. You did a great job. Now we don't need you. We're firing you.
0: See, that's what's so funny. (laughs) That's what's so funny. Sometimes it's like you do a good enough job that there's no, you're no longer needed.
1: Yeah, that's what happened with that one. Oh wow! And then there was we we you were talking to me before about my experience working at I'm not I'm not going to say the name of the company we're talking about uh, a um, hamburger place. Oh, you know it was at that effect it was it just this hamburger place just opened it was a new chain. Ima,
0: this happened in the 1960s. Yes. You're, you're a semi-retired teacher, <laughs> and, and this job is, is famous for being called this job. You can, you can tell what company you worked for. I can't, uh, I don't.
1: To- I don't want to because it's, well, it's, put, it's still around, so. <laughs>
0: oh, y- Yuma, your story won't matter, but.
1: But anyway, so here's what happened. <laughs> um, I had just graduated high school. It was summer. It was my very, very first job. I was desperate for money. And so I was working at this hamburger joint and in come these two boys who tortured the living daylights out of me, bit really bullied me, teased me, put me down, all through sixth grade through 12th. So they come in and they order French fries with extra ketchup. All right, I gave them extra ketchup, no problem. So later on, I decided, I wanted to glean the, my eff, the efforts of my work. So I took the broom and the dustpan and told the manager I was going to go out and sweep the floors. I wanted to see their reaction. Oh, the manager loved when you clean. Taking, you know, picking up the broom and the dustpan saying I'm going to go sweep the floors just endeared him to you because who the heck would want to do that? So I went out and I'm sweeping around their table and I hear them opening up the French fries and then there was silence And then I went to hear one of them say, my God, it looks like spaghetti.
0: (laughs) Then Uh, there
1: was the obnoxious girl, also real snob, totally snubbed me, treated me like dirt all the way from sixth grade to 12th. And she came in and ordered a hamburger with extra mayonnaise. Sure, no problem. I don't know what happened with that because she took it to go. So I wasn't able to enjoy the fruits of my
0: Shoot! Oh, wow.
1: Then there was another job I had with a company that's no longer in existence. It was called Pantry Pride. It was um, a grocery. And the, um, oh God, what can I tell you? They, They did all sorts of things that were really very dishonest, if not illegal. First of all, they had women there. This is behind the deli counter that had been working for years and years and years. And they always passed them over for a promotion to manager in favor of some new raw guy that didn't know what was going on. Then they had these two cheeses. One they labeled as imported Swiss cheese. The other they labeled as domestic. They were really the same cheese. It was no difference. It was, it was two packages of the same company, the same cheese, but if the person uh, asked for it imported, then you would have to charge them 10 cents extra. See, I didn't like that idea.
0: I was going to yeah, say, what's, what? what's interesting about that is that I think there are some, that is a marketing ploy, um, and I've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, where people talk about, oh, it's premium, Something is premium or exclusive, and you go ahead and look into it, and like, there's really nothing to it. There's really not that much or anything at all. Yeah. Um, And people just people just. And I think there was a uh, there was a marketing book um, that Yosef had. I read, and it was just about people willing to pay more, just because, if you pay more, it makes them feel more special. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's more of like an ego trip. That's the funniest thing, but it's a straight out ego trip. But well, yeah, continue.
1: I want something, I you so, to, I want to No, you, you can, can talk. Okay, so I want something when you, and what, like what you said about that, about paying something extra for something that either looks better or has fancier writing. I saw something like that at a grocery store. And in fact, I was wondering if somebody was doing some sort of marketing research because I saw a display for mayonnaise. And half of the display said crafts Miracle Whip. And then the other half of the display had a plain label in black and white, and it said imitation mayonnaise. The imitation mayonnaise was, I don't know, was, was obviously less in price than the Miracle Whip. And I was watching people. I saw people coming over looking at the imitation mayonnaise, making a face, and then grabbing the Miracle Whip. So I walked over and I picked up the imitation mayonnaise. I picked up the Miracle Whip. And of course, I turned it, I turned it around to see the ingredients, exact same ingredients, no different, even in, even in um, quantity, exact same ingredients.
0: Was it even in order, like the same order yes. of, wow. Yes. It, that sounds yes. like a marketing ploy, a yeah. marketing research.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so going back to Pantry Pride, so this customer came over and she ordered um, imported Swiss cheese. So I, you know, gave her the cheese and I, but I couldn't find it. I, did, I didn't want to overcharge her. So I charged her the lower price. And instead of getting the hint, this, this nasty woman took the cheese and threw it at me.
0: Why'd she throw it at you? I don't get it.
1: She threw it back to me. She threw it back, and she goes, I told you I wanted imported.
0: Oh, shit. So
1: I said to her, ma'am, I'm going to give you a slice of imported, and I'm going to give you a slice of domestic. You sample them and tell me if there's a difference. She still doesn't get the hint. I'm trying to help her. She thinks I'm trying to cheat her. I gave her slices. she ate the slice, and she insisted, yes, that there was definitely a difference in the imported. Oh, I my said, God. okay. Now, if I had now, as an older person, older and wiser, because I was, I was only 19 years old when I had that job. As an older and wiser individual, what I would have done now, I would have said to her, Oh, ma'am, this is important. I remember this is important, but I made a mistake. I accidentally charged you the lower price. So since it was my mistake, you may have it for the lower price. That's what I should have done. But I'm older and uh, older, wiser.
0: I think less aggressive. (laughs) I think, I think as a kid, as a teenager, you're more. There's more anger. I want to. I want to say anger. Yes. I want to say anger.
1: Oh, it is. Yes. Why, why is there so much anger? There is. You're right.
0: As a, ch- as a teenager, you know it what it is? is? I think you build a resentment when you're a kid and you, get a, you learn how to ver- verbally express yourself and your frustrations from when you were a child to when you are a teenager. I, don't know, I, was, I was watching an, an AB, Ho- uh, A.B. Hoffman um, interview mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. He was saying that like, you need rebellion because if you don't have rebellion, then you're not going to grow if you don't rebel against what's going on around you, you're not going to really grow as a person or as a, as a, as a society. And that's why it's so important. And I, I think that's why, in a way, the sh- Shem God made it, where it's like teenagers are the, are the angry ones in order for them to help grow the world and elevate the world. In a way, I think they're, they're it's, it's, it's an interesting point. Oh, by the way, I think, did you, did you have a few of A.B. Hoffman's books? Or was, it, or was it Tati?
1: Tati did.
0: Oh, he was into it.
1: I think so yeah yeah, yeah he you was know, hardcore well, you know what happened to ab hoffman later on what he became
0: he be he no 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 AB stockbroker
1: or something like that yes he, he worked he wound up working on the wall street he as some a, sort of financier
0: oh that's funny but he committed very, suicide in 89 no no
1: he, no not that i don't know no, he committed died suicide. I, are, you, are you sure because i thought yeah. he died of natural causes
0: well it was a debate it was a debate because he mm-hmm. um was taking his medication but he kind of overtook his medication. Ooh. And his friend that was with him since like the seven, the Chicago trials, mm-hmm. um, he, he said that like, he doesn't believe he committed suicide, but the coronary report was like, he committed suicide. There was no way that this, this amount of medication mm-hmm. in somebody was, was done by accident.
1: Mm-hmm. I think what it is as a teenager, like when I think back to um, my teenage years and my twenties, I had this very strong sense of justice and wanting to set the world right. And this horrible feeling uh, that every cause, every liberal cause was a matter of life and death and the world was going to explode if we didn't solve social injustice.
0: Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm, I'm aging out of that right now. I'm really aging out of that. But yeah, so back to back to the, the your first job. So um, it seems like these were the first like Mick jobs, so to speak. But what was your first official job as a teacher that you were laid off at?
1: I w- uh, this job, I wasn't laid off, I, um, I quit. It was, oh. I taught in Baltimore City, Ooh. taught music Represent. in Baltimore City, um, in a neighborhood where before we would walk out to our cars, there was one teacher who would reach into his pocket take out a gun, put six bullets in it, and say, okay, I'm ready to go now.
0: Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) And the first day on the job, one teacher walks into my room, and he says to me, you know, the only reason you have this job is because they need to have racial equality, and they needed to hire a white teacher. Oh, God. (laughs) And then this other janitor walks in, um, one day after school, I was like putting up um, like all sorts of things in my room, you know, for music, you know, signs, you know, what I mean, no, pictures of notes, pictures of, you know, all different music Teacher things. things. Yeah. And he says, oh, he says, I see you have Miss Butler's room. Poor Miss Butler. Poor Miss Butler. Oh, no. He says she got on the wrong side of Joe and his cousins. Joe was a student at the school. One of the let's put it this way. Uh, he was one of the star pupils of the school and he says she got on the wrong side of joe and his cousins came and they took care of her oh did they beat her up poor miss oh butler God. poor miss butler <laughs> I like, hey, this is yeah this is going to be an interesting teaching job uh, so anyway sure um uh, joe was in my music class and you know whatever and um so a few months passed and after a, like towards the end of the year all of a sudden joe disappeared and i heard through the grapevine that he had been um, eh, suspended, expelled, whatever. You know. So I was doing a music program on the last day of school and I'm playing the piano and I hear a voice behind me say, Hello, Miss Dickman. And I turn around and I go, Well, Joe, hello. And he's smiling and I look and I see a whole group of very tall, strong young men, all taking up the first row. And I bet those are your cousins. He goes, yes.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. It's, see, what, what, it's interesting about when it comes to losing your first job, when, you're, when you lose your first job and like, I guess when you're 19 or, or 18, I guess it feels pretty heavy. But I think over time you just get used to it because for I, I, for me and I, I lost a couple of jobs just because it's just the finances, uh, especially because of Corona and you know it, it's it just I'm, I just work in a brutal industry, and I'm just getting used to it. Where I just feel like okay, time goes in, time goes out. But I think like I guess also it's like I don't have a lot of responsibilities. I don't I don't have a wife or kids. But I remember you know Tati to getting stressed out with with. having a wife and having what at the time seven children when he when he lost his job from work working for the pharmacy and then him having Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. well you know we but we put it together your father i've never i never worried during those years because your father was not a lazy guy and i knew he would do everything he could to keep us financially afloat and to take care of us and he did and um, also your, uh, your, your grandfather, his father was very nice. He, pay, he paid our medical insurance, mm. which was a big, big help. Um, and your father uh, went downtown to social services and applied for every single benefit that we could probably, possibly get, you know, food stamps, unemployment... Um, Actually, he did. We did. We were better. <laughs> we actually did better financially for a while. Than that. Well,
0: that, well, that's the whole point yeah. of, of these programs. Is yeah. so you are safe. So when you lose a job, you aren't starving. Yeah, I think that's the whole point. I think it's just these and, programs aren't yeah. a joke.
1: And You're, then late, and then later on, though later on when the programs ran out, like he he really tried very very hard. Um, applied for all sorts of jobs, and he did. He did. He took a lot of odd jobs, which helped. Um, I did daycare. Mm-hmm. and um, I did daycare, and I also um, gave music lessons. I think, yeah, I also taught Hebrew school. And I mean, we worked. We did a lot of odd jobs, and we, you know, between the two of us, thank God, you know, uh, things, you know, we didn't have money for luxuries, but um, we also had a lot of people, Berkashem, the community that helped us, uh, like a yunt of Time. I think that's when, um, uh, that's when they set up Abbas Royal. Yeah, and we also well explain explain
0: um, that for, for a little bit okay. for Obviously our listeners.
1: Royal is a um, is a basically a it's a charity project that's run in the Jewish community for families in need. And for many years, we were on that, and they helped us out a lot. They sent us vouchers. A lot of businesses um, have you know paid into it and sent vouchers for um, gift vouchers for um, low-income families in the community. And things, things. Thank God, things did work out. Yeah. I mean, um, and fi- and when you, and you finally, when finally, when your father, um, thank God, finally got his steady job with the state of Maryland, um, we thanked them very much. And as a matter of fact, we gave them a very nice contribution. We sent them a thank you card and, and gave it, like I said, a very nice contribution to thank them for all their their years of help.
0: Yeah. But I,
1: I want to go back though to you like, say jobs, like losing jobs. I want to go back to something because sure. Um. Um, when, I think, when I think about jobs that I've been fired from, some jobs I felt that you know, I didn't deserve to be fired, that I felt that the person was not managing it correctly. Other jobs I look at, I say, yeah, I can understand why they fired me because um, like my first teaching job, my first teaching job in New York, I did not manage the class well at all. It was my first real teaching job. I mean, I taught music in Baltimore city, but that's different. That's like fun. That's like you come in, you play your music, you know, the kids jump around and sing or you teach musical concepts and you know, it's more of a fun area. This was a regular classroom job in New York, regular classroom. And so I had not had experience teaching a regular, you know, like English, math, spelling, that type of thing. And at that time I, my educational, training was in the idea of freedom and open classroom and children expressing themselves and hey some aspects of that are good in their place but it's not good if you're running a regular classroom you really need you know you really need structure to so don't let anybody if anyone's listening to this who's in any type of teacher training please don't let these famous so-called educators like Dewey who was one of these big, open space, freedom-loving educators, you know, open-ended discussions and freedom of expression. Please, don't let that influence you. Your kids need structure and they need enforcement. Positive reinforcement is good. Behavior mod charts work and points and rewards work great, but they do need structure. Anyway, so that's just for anybody who's out there who's in teacher education. I lost that first job, but the funny thing was I was supporting myself in New York. I was living in a basement apartment, and my first thought when I got fired from that job was, oh, my, what is my mother going to say? Oh, God. And would you believe I was talking one time to this black lady who's a very high-paid professional lady years later, and she had been also fired like that from her first job, and we both left because she told me she had the exact same thought.
0: <laughs> God, yeah, you're always worried about your mother.
1: <laughs> well, the, when you're out on your own, finally, when you declare your independence and you're supporting yourself, oh, come on, you don't want to have to go back home to mama.
0: Uh, yeah. And what is,
1: and what is she going to say, especially when she didn't want me moving to New York anyway in the first place?
0: <laughs> She's going to be like, I, I was right the whole time. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like, thank you for rubbing it in. I just lost my job and trying to, I <laughs> What about, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think because it's like, we're coming close to the end of our, of our podcast, but I really want to see if there's anything else to really discuss when it comes to losing a, losing a job. And maybe I can go into more of the, 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 the psychology of it. I, that's where I find it interesting, mm-hmm. where it's like, once you lose it, you're, you get, there's a, a fear comes over you because you're like, what am I going to do? And, and I think the best thing, and, and this is something that from my experience and then from other people, and I try so hard to work on work on this is is to just breathe calm down, and tell yourself it 's always going to be good in the end yes this, it could be like this is just a birthing pain, this could just be a stressful pain, but you know what the the the, the pain goes away, and it 's all going to be good in the end and it's it 's mm-hmm. something that people have to understand and tell themselves, so they don't have uh, such an extensive uh, panic attack, you know? And I think that's why it's so important to, you know, I guess, keep the faith so to speak and kind of, you know, relax and, and calm down and, and understand that it's going to be okay. That there's, that you're going to be taken care of. Don't worry about it, mm-hmm. you know, especially because yes. of now like people have lost so, their jobs. So many people.
1: Especially yeah, with COVID-19, yeah yeah mm-hmm. you just gave me an idea though for another broad for another podcast Ooh. okay like you're talking about panic attacks um what happened to me in israel being stuck in a foreign country oh, not foreign knowing country. where to go or what
0: to do <laughs> oh i have i have some i've been stuck in foreign countries stories as well we'll do that. we'll save that for next time guys <laughs> yes until next time thank you so much for listening everyone uh this is jewish boy calls his mother and love
1: you honey love love you, you, have a I good shabbos. shabbos
0: have a good shabbos All right, take care, everyone. Bye bye. Hi, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share. I really appreciate it, and my mother does as well.